Space Oddity brings us back on WABC. I've been looking forward to this ever since I was told that Jose Hernandez has agreed to come on our program. Welcome, Mr. Hernandez. How are you, sir? I am doing great, Bo, and uh, it wasn't a hard decision to uh, to decide to come on your show. I'm very proud to be on your show, and thank you for the honor. You, I, I am almost speechless. Your life is extraordinary. You represent to me the American dream, and you epitomize what it is to be an American, to not give in to the I can't do it, the victimhood status that has inflicted so many people to give in to despair when things don't go right. You began your life and as a family. You were born in California, but your family yes, was a family of migrant workers. You followed the crops, you and your family. That's correct, and, yes, sir. Yeah. And, if, and, and let me just ask you this. The movie, A Million Miles Away, accurate? Is this an accurate representation of your life? It's a very accurate representation, Bo. I'll tell you... Uh, my parents come from the central state of Michoacan, Mexico, and my dad, as a 15-year-old, started doing this every year. Nine months in California, three months in Mexico, and during those nine months, three different places in California, southern, central, and northern California. And Mary, my mom, had kids. Half of us were born here. Half were born in Mexico. It just depended what month you were born in, and, uh, and we traveled around with my parents. So it wasn't a very conducive environment getting our early years of education because it wasn't until my second grade teacher, I'm the youngest of four, my second grade teacher, after asking her for three months worth of homework, because we were going to Mexico, this was the first time our family was asking for that. She said, enough's enough. And she went and talked to my parents, convinced them to stay in Northern California, Stockton, California. And that's when our education started to get traction. Wow. And so the part of the movie that I saw, you were fiddling around with the the, 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 the rabbit ears on your antenna trying to get a yes. good look at a space launch. And boy, That's did right. I relate to that. I remember sitting in front of the TV when John Glenn went up. I'm a bit older yeah. than you. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. And it's fascinating. <laughs> yes, it is. And as a matter of fact, they got that one a little wrong uh, because they – they made it the first moonwalk, but I actually remember the one that I was holding the rabbit ear antennas. It was actually the very last mission, Apollo 17. And there I am oh. holding that rabbit ear antennas as a 10 year old. It was December 1972. Clearly remember it was cold because I would go outside and see the moon almost full, come back inside, see astronaut Gene Cernan walk on the moon and hear the, the reporter still remember his name, Walter Conk. Cronkite narrating that moonwalk. And man, that's when it hit me. That's it. I said, that's what I want to be. And maybe it was because I was holding the rabbit ear antennas and through osmosis, I became programmed to be an astronaut. But <laughs> I tell you, I wanted to be an astronaut and, uh, and I never looked back since. I said, that's what I'm going to be. That's my calling. The road wasn't easy. Now, I got to tell no. you, when I first turned on this movie, A Million Miles Away, it was one of those things I'm going to, I open up Netflix, which I rarely watch uh -huh. anymore. I see this uh -huh. thing a million miles away. I'm like, okay, uh, what is this? This is going to be prime, another with one of these sci-fi. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. A prime video. Prime video. It's, it's prime on prime video. video. Prime video. Yes, uh -huh. Right. I get it mixed up. Anyway, it's like, okay, this is going to be another one of these science fiction things. 
and then very quickly realize it's not. And then by the time this movie ends, I'm I'm got like you know like bawling at some points in this movie. Yeah, it with what you, you and your it, fa- yeah, it makes you uh, you know you get a lump in your throat, uh, Bo, uh, because yeah. it's, it, it's uh, the the things we go through and everything. But you know, I always tell people that you know they tell me they shed tears. I said, yeah, but it's I'm sure there were tears of joy, happy tears because you know everything. And it well, you know, <clears throat> I I gotta hand it to my father. My father was the one that really set me on course because that evening when I told him I wanted to be an astronaut as a ten year old, you know, this is a man who's a farm worker, uh, only has a third grade education, but he had the wisdom to sit me down in the kitchen table, make me justify why I wanted to be an astronaut, and then he did two incredible things. The first thing he does is he validates the dream. He says, "I think you can do it, son." And for a ten year old to hear that from their father. You believe it. Yeah, I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then he says, if you really want to do it, follow these five simple steps. I'm going to give you a simple recipe, he said. The first thing is determine your purpose in life. What is it you want to accomplish? Second, recognize how far you are. Third, draw yourself a roadmap so you know how to get there. Fourth, prepare yourself according to the challenge you chose in life. And fifth, the same work ethic you put out working in the fields, picking fruits and vegetables, Saturdays and Sundays, seven days a week during the summer. He pointed to my books. He says, you put that effort here. And then when you graduate college, you put it in your job. Always give more than what people expect out of you. And he says, you mix that up. That's the recipe to succeed. And man, I took that hook, line, and sinker, and I've applied it up to today, though. I still use it today, that recipe. I just add one other uh, ingredient, and that's perseverance, because NASA rejected me not once, not twice, but 11 times. It wasn't until the 12th time I finally got selected. And that's what makes the movie so incredible, so joyful, because you see what struggles I go through in preparation to get selected by NASA. And this is the part that blew my mind. Every time you, you, you did this with determination that you were just not going to stop. Now, there is, I read, because I've been reading about you, too. Uh-huh. They said the sixth uh-huh. time that the sixth time that this happened, the sixth time it happened, you decided that it was that that was going to be one where you said, okay, I crumbled up the paper, done, and it was your wife that gave you the... the exactly. I was ready to, I was throwing in the towel at the sixth rejection. And my wife said, read the last line for me. And the last line said in the rejection letter, feel free to reapply again. And she said, they're not telling you to don't reapply. I agree with them. They don't want you the sixth time or the five other times, but you don't know the seventh, eighth, or ninth time. And uh, I know you, she says, you're going to have that little warm-up curiosity wondering what if I had applied. And that's going to eat up at you, and you're going to become a bitter old man. I want to be married to a bitter old man, so you better shape up. And then her parting words were the ones that resonated with me, Bo. She said, I don't know what they have that you don't have. And oh. when she said, when she said oh. that, when she said that, it was like, wow, my mind blew because I said, you know what? I don't know either. I better find out. And that's when I found out I needed to be a pilot. I needed to be scuba certified. I needed to be an elite athlete. And I needed to learn a third language. And so I started working on all those things, and sure enough, on my twelfth attempt, I finally got selected. But thanks and to that you woman, did. but this I, is yeah. this is so important, though. This is yeah. so important. You yeah. learned how to scuba dive. You learned how to become a pilot. 
You yes. learned how to speak. And the, the movie said it was Russian, which is not an Russian. easy language. No, no, it's not. But if you're bilingual, it's easier to learn a third language, though. And so that's what I found. Russian, it's a whole new alphabet. You got to remember, you got to memorize the Cyrillic alphabet and then start speaking. I learned Russian because I took a job for the State Department at Lawrence Livermore National Lab that took me to Russia in, in working in the nuclear nonproliferation arena, helping the Russians take control of their nuclear stockpile in in no other place than Siberia. So I took 25 trips on during a five-year period that I worked on this project, and that's how I learned Russian. Okay, now let me ask you a question. It must yes, break sir. your heart. I'm sure it breaks your heart when you see so many kids in America, that yeah. that look like they've given up before they even started, that don't even give all that they can to school, that, and they don't get the kind of encouragement that you have. What would you say to America's children, anyone that looks up to you and says, "I want to do what he did. I want to go to yeah. space. I want to. I want to do something with my life." What yeah, would you tell well, them? Well, well, you know, this is the reason why I was so glad that Hollywood came calling, uh, because when I left NASA, I wrote books. You know, I have Reaching for the Stars, and I also I have several children's books and those type of things. And then I started being a conference speaker, a motivational speaker. But you could only reach so many people by speaking to them or writing a book. So when uh, when Hollywood came calling saying, we want to do a movie based on your life story, I said, only if done correctly. And I was very careful to retain a little bit of that creative control. So I made sure it was told correctly, which it was. And, and so I embraced it because I said, now we can help millions. And I would tell kids, I said, look at the story. Look at that important five-ingredient recipe that my father gave me. Add perseverance to it, and uh, I'll make you the same promise my father made me that evening that you too can reach for your own stars. It's a simple five ingredient recipe, adding perseverance to it. And, uh, and they can do it though. And, and this is why I have a foundation reaching for the stars in the central Valley of California to help, uh, to help kids and, and, and to, uh, uh, to encourage them to follow careers in STEM because we need more people of color in STEM. Uh, if we're going to remain competitive in this global economy. Okay, now I want to know this. What yes, was sir. it like the first time you went? What was it like? What was it like? Ah. You're taking off. What was it like when this this rocket takes ah. off underneath you? And okay, let me let, let me let me explain the the, the blast off for you. Okay, first of okay, all, okay, okay, you you go up the elevator to the 192 foot level and you walk that gantry to the entrance of the shuttle. And it's fully fueled, cryogenic fuel, which means it's real cold and uh, metal is shrinking and expanding and creaking and smoking. And you feel like you're going inside a beast because it's alive. And you go inside and you hear the countdown count to zero. That's when three engines come to life. The orange tank is feeding these three engines. You feel, you hear the rumble, you feel a uh, gentle vibration a half a second later the two solid white rocket boosters light up. All of a sudden, the noise level goes up in order of magnitude. The vibrations, like a 9.0 on the Richter scale for earthquake, just when you think things are going to fall apart, you feel a push in your body and your back, and uh, you're off to the races. That's liftoff. 
and you, it only takes eight and a half minutes to get up into space. You go from zero to 17,500 miles an hour in eight and a half minutes. I'll tell you, it's the best ride Disney can ever hope for because the pressure starts building, building, building all the way up to the point uh, that uh, maximum acceleration when you shut off the engines, it feels like three people that way like you are on top of you. You're ready for this ride to be over because it's even hard to breathe. You can't expand your chest. But once that happens, uh, you reach Miko main engine cutoff. The acceleration goes to zero. That 500-pound gorilla disappears, and now you're free-floating in space. you got your seatbelt on, but you feel loosey-goosey, and you're going around the world at an altitude of about 260 miles above ground. Once every 90 minutes at 17,500 miles an hour, you undo the seatbelt, and then all of a sudden you're floating. Now it seems so unnatural. You feel like a superhero. Uh, I'll tell you, you feel like a superhero because you're defying the laws of physics as we know them on the ground. You're floating. You can push yourself off a wall, do your best Superman impersonation, and uh, I'll tell you, it's just the best feeling. Uh, you know, words don't do it justice, Paul. Looking out into space, what do you think for the first when you first looked out of that vehicle and you are in you you're in you're above the earth you're in outer space what are you thinking? You, you, you got two windows you, you know uh, you get the window to look at a beautiful earth and then the opposite window you look the window to the universe as I call it and you look at everything and you're in awe and you feel so humble. Because we're such a small microcosmic speck of dust in the grand scheme of that vast universe that you're seeing. And uh, so you feel very humbled and, and you say, wow, this is a big, big, big place. And we're just a small speck of dust. I have no words to tell you how much I love your story. I feel like I know you because of watching this movie and and then reading up about you, you are just one of the most incredible human beings. Oh, thank you. Uh, a source, it. and your family, not just you, your wife, your family, oh, my wife, your dad, my parents, your, yeah. yes, your this parents, your cousin, this, your exactly, cousin. Exactly. This was a journey, uh, Bo, that it wasn't a journey of an individual reaching his goal. It was a journey where the community came along, the family came along, my wife came along. My kids came along because everybody played a crucial role, as you'll see in the movie, as you saw in the movie. Everybody had a crucial role that allowed me to finally uh, reach my goal. I mean, without any one of those components, there's no way I would have gotten there. So it's a celebration of a whole community and a family and couple that uh, made it to space. A million miles away, and he is so down to earth, my friends. This is just such a remarkable story. Jose Hernandez, please come back and join us. Absolutely. Again. Absolutely, both. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.